So welcome everybody to the first of what is a series of religion and socialism speakers here at the Fourth Universalist Society. My name is Ember Kelly. I use she and her pronouns, and I am the Director of Religious Education here at the Fourth Universalist Society. Uh, tonight is our first talk, Where Do We Go? Futures of Religion and Socialism. And I am so excited, especially, to have our guest, Talia. Uh, and uh, I'm so excited for this talk. Uh, Talia, would you like to introduce yourself and what we're talking about tonight? Yeah, so I'm Talia. Uh, I use she, they pronouns. Um, I'm a Jew. Um, I'm anti-Zionist Jew as well, and I'll be getting into that a bit more later um, about how Judaism and socialism can work together. Being religious and being a socialist is something that just is inherent to like both Christianity and Judaism. So yeah, I am very passionate about Judaism and socialism. Um, I converted over 10 years ago and it just seemed natural um, to combine both Judaism and socialism. Not like my socialism informs my Judaism, and Ju my Jude my Jewishness informs my socialism because these things are so interconnected. Um, we can move into like why why is socialism so Jewish or why is Judaism so socialist? Um, and that's because Marx has like a Jewish background. His grandpa was a rabbi, and I feel like his dad was sort of forced to convert to be able to get a better job because well his things weren't great for Jews in the early eighteen hundreds, uh, so they <laughs> not great. Um, so in order to survive, a lot of Jews just ended up converting so they would be more accepted into society. Um, but there's so many cool things about socialism that are Jewish and like my fiance is on the call right now, um, Donal, uh, he and I always talk about like, oh, this is so Jewish. That's so Jewish. It's like, when we think about like, um, critting or being critical offering criticism and then self-criticism and then criticism that's just the Talmud basically it's just rabbis talking back and forth for centuries um and it's just always learning together and trying to make things better um trying to make the world better um there's a concept in Judaism called Tikkun Olam, and it's something that really spoke to me. Um, it's called uh, repairing the world. Uh, and there's this idea that when the world, after the fall, the world was broken into many pieces, and it's our job as Jews to put the world back together. And how, how socialist is that? <laughs> like, we have to uh, just like, we, our time for Jews, we don't really focus much on the afterlife, like what we have here and now is what we have, and it is our job to take care of it as much as possible and make the world a better place for future generations. So eventually we can have the world to come, which would be a complete and whole world. And I feel like that really, really like speaks to socialism and that we want a better world for everyone. And like, um, like we work so hard, even though a lot of us know that we might not be able to see 
like a better world. We still know like it's our duty to be doing this. Um, and you don't have to be a Jew to know that. Like I, there's so many, there's so many socialists that are like Christian, Buddhist, like Muslim, they all know, or they're atheists. They all know, like, we might not see this, but it's still our duty, um, to make the world a better place. Um, but I'll just go on, sorry, I went on a tangent, but like uh, going back to Marx and all that, uh, like there, he was very aware of what it was like, like just seeing like his grandpa and his dad and all that, like living under like these oppressive conditions. And I think that definitely informed him later on in life and which, which helped him come to you know, the Communist Manifesto, which is the anniversary of its first printing is today. So <laughs> didn't even plan that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> um, but like, I think Jews have, I can go on about this, but like, there were so many Jews attracted to communism and socialism in the 1800s that they were a lot of them were leading members of the red army um and like they are the reason that um the nazis basically wanted to wipe out the ussr with this idea of judeo-bolshevism they thought jews were the ones controlling the ussr and that they wanted to wipe them out um and that communism is a jewish thing and um a threat um, but as we all know, fascism is a counter, count, like a, a reaction to socialism. Um, whenever socialism or whenever like progressive mu movements rise, capitalism sees it and wants to seize it as a threat and wants to destroy it, which is why the Nazis saw the saw communism rising and they're like, oh, this is we're in danger and we're going to start scapegoating Jews. We're going to start scapegoating socialism, all of that. Um, so that's just a little, like not that many, it's not talked about enough about how the Jews, like the, the Nazis, like were really against communism because they thought it was Jewish. Um, so um, the, an, there's like another section in uh, socialism in the USSR that was rising at that this time called the Bund. So around this time, there's like in the late 1800s, uh, Theodore Herzl comes up with this idea of Zionism, and it just runs in the same vein as this like hardcore nationalism, this fascist nationalism that's happening, thinking Jews need a homeland, like we need to go somewhere, um, and it doesn't matter who we hurt when we do this. Um, and there was I just like it is like my duty in my life to combat Zionism because Zionism is like so antithetical to what Judaism is about. Judaism is about welcoming the stranger, which I think is very socialist as well, because we want to take care of everybody. Um, so during this time, uh, there were anti-Zionist Jews called the Bund, which were very active in the USSR, and they were like, 
we're not going anywhere wherever we are that's our homeland and there's a yiddish word for that called doikat which means hereness like this is where i am i don't need a piece of land it's wherever my people are i am home um so during this time the bund is rising in the ussr is becoming very very popular and um, Stalin sees this and he recognizes that, you know, Jews don't really constitute a nation under the national, um, like the, the um, so he wrote the, uh, what is it? Uh, national question. The national question. There's like a series of criteria for what constitutes a nation. And Jews don't really fall under that because we have so many languages, so many different cultures, all of that stuff. And so, but he recognized that, you know, Jews like want to have their own place, but they know Palestine ain't it. And so he created the Jewish autonomous zone where Yiddish was flourishing. They had Yiddish theaters, printing presses, all of that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like Judaism was like, Jews were very active in the Soviet Union during this time. There wasn't like, I know there's like a lot of, you know, like theories that there was anti-Semitism going on, but it wasn't really that. Like the USSR, like, like 10 million people died or 18 million people died. Um, oh, if you have questions, Ember. <laughs> I do. I, the, the educator in me has some has some uh, good questions that I figure would just give us some uh, some clarification. So okay, sorry, <laughs> you're good. I, I'm I'm loving all the, the information, but I figure it's important that uh, as we move into like also thinking about like socialism and religion in the future, um, how would you define socialism and like maybe in your specific views versus uh, mass movement views, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and like, um, I would say, how do you define Judaism? But that's, oh, I'm so um, sorry. <laughs> um, but like, maybe would you also wanna, in, in relation to that, but like maybe less explanatory, maybe talk a little bit about like what your um what Judaism means for you in your life okay. like I know the connection to like socialism no you're good this is not a worry this is me just this uh, info dumped on everybody <laughs> these these are topics that that elicit passion and lots of thoughts and I just want to make sure that you you um don't forget any of the key things that I know you want to say I'm so sorry okay so what is socialism for me okay um Socialism to me means um, uh, where the masses, the working class, own the means to their work, to the means of production. Like the masses are taken care of. They have housing, they have food, they have health care, they have everything taken care of. And so they have time to like actually pursue activities, to pursue hobbies, to pursue a better world for everybody. Um, it's where the working class runs the government, not the rich people. What we have right now ain't working. <laughs> uh, what we need is a government run by the working class, by the masses. Um, 
that's what socialism is to me. Um, and also working through things on a personal level and on a political level through um, just struggling things out and figuring out and coming up to a conclusion that both parties agree on. Um, it's just respecting one another on a very base level, like just taking care of basically just taking care of one another. Um, and Judaism for me, um, it, uh, for me, like I like the Shabbat candles every Friday night with my fiance and in a uh, shul, um, taking that moment on Friday night for an hour or two out of like this horrific like work week that we're all put through under capitalism, just taking those hours and just really reflecting on the things that I'm grateful for. Like I'm grateful for being alive and grateful for everything that I have in this world. Um, and also knowing the work doesn't stop. Um, and just also connecting to ancestors with these traditions, like during Passover, recognizing that we were strangers in a strange land and it is our duty. Sorry, my cat likes it. <laughs> likes being here when I talk. <laughs> it's the, the Jewish and socialist cat. Oh. He literally sits in every Jewish or socialist thing I'm in. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so Judaism is just like also just the community aspect, uh, the studying and learning together aspect, which is also very socialist as well, like reading texts together and talking about them. So like every Saturday I read Torah and struggle with that and also read it through like a socialist lens as well, because if you dig deep, you can see the Torah is actually pretty socialist. Um, and just like during Passover, like also recognizing that there's like problematic parts to the Passover Seder now, but um, I work with uh, Jewish Voices for Peace. So we take out the Zionism part and like, it's really important to me to do Judaism that's beyond Zionism that takes out that aspect of it. So was that all of your questions? <laughs> I think so. I um I want to dive into some of the stuff that you said in the first part a little bit too. Okay. Um, so I know you talked a little bit about um is something that that um is one of my favorite things to talk about <laughs> is um like self criticism and you you talked okay. about how that is um uh, very Jewish and um related to kind of that same sort of thing is the idea of like that theory is useless without practice that you you have an idea, you test it out, you see if it works, you take what you learned, reformulate it, take what you learn, and you're always learning and coming back to it. And um, I really appreciated how you connected that to Jewish traditions. Um, yeah, so I'd be curious if you want to talk like a little bit more about that for maybe folks who aren't as familiar with like the concepts of self-criticism and with theory, practice, theory, practice, theory, practice. Yeah, so socialism is a science. So just like any other science-based or any <laughs> discipline that's science-based. Uh, obviously, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in school. Um, sorry, 
this guy. Um, so you want to do experiments in science. So for in socialism, your experiment would be doing an action, like going, doing a protest. What you do is you come up um, with a theory uh, and after you talk to people, it's better to talk to people first about the action, do ones on, one-on-ones with people saying, this, is this an issue that interests you? You have the action and then after the action, you come together and you discuss what worked, what didn't work, how can we improve? and then take everything that you learned from that that action and apply it for the next action. And then it just, it should become more and more successful as the time goes on. Um, so that's how you do theory, practice, theory, practice. I, I like to, I like to imagine that I, that I live that out with my education work that I'm always like, okay, okay. I have this idea. I'm going to try it out, see if it works. If I don't, I'm going to change it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you obviously you talked about um, uh, Marx's uh, Jewishness, Jewish heritage, and you know I feel like um, to to me probably like the two um, when looking having having studied religion and socialism like in seminary, like it seems like the two <laughs> traditions that probably interacted with the most with with communist and socialist theory um is judaism and uh reformed like calvinist protestantism um because like Engels <laughs> like reformed um like he had like these these very um strong um very different actually though um uh sets of beliefs but uh, like i yeah i'm fascinated by thinking about um you know, how that influenced Marx. I know, like, obviously the thing that most people turn to when they think about uh, Marx and religion, though, is that religion is the opiate of the masses, you know? That's, mm-hmm. um, it was especially, you know, as someone growing up, uh, uh, even though it was the 90s and the Soviet Union was done, they, I was at a Christian school, so they still had to be like, this is what they believed. And they believe that religion is an opiate of the masses and that's so bad. So, you know, like, do you, what, do you want to talk about what he was maybe getting at with that? Like, he wasn't really saying it was a bad thing. He was saying like, you know, you live under capitalism, you're working class, like you feel like you have no hope. So of course you're going to turn to like, of course it makes sense to turn to religion to be like, I need a break from all of this. I need, I need comfort. And religion was that comfort for people. Um, even the, U- the Soviets understood this. There was a clear delineation between the church and state. They didn't outright ban churches. They didn't ban synagogues. They still existed. They, f- they existed in the USSR. They weren't like non-existent because the Soviets knew like, yeah, people are still going to be religious. We haven't completely gotten rid of capitalism. We haven't completely gotten rid of like, it takes like a cultural shift and that shift is not going to happen for like centuries. I think people aren't going to say, oh yeah, oh, I'm a communist now. So I'm not religious. Like that, that's just not realistic. 
I, I, it might not be anything that you would even necessarily know about, but it was a thought that popped into my mind because I also um, recently finished uh, what is it? Roland Bohr's Red Theology um, about like the Christian communist tradition. And he did mm -hmm. talk about the same sort of thing about like how the Eastern Orthodox kind of learned how to learn how to coexist um, and figure out best ways forward. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things is like that the people that I was hearing that from a lot as a kid were like, hyper evangelical pentecostal um super right-wing christians um they looking back on even just from my you know you you um open-minded sort of perspective i'm like i don't want my kids hearing the things those people have to say anymore yeah. either i i'm like in in the same vein i feel like christianity has much more of like a colonial history of being specifically a tool that Europe used to colonize the rest of the world. Mm. Um, and like, so it, do you, do you know, slash feel like there was maybe like a difference in like how non-Christian religions were treated, like treated in like the Soviet Union versus, um, versus like that, you know, there was maybe more specific, um, rules about like we're not going to let missionaries come here from the united states um i don't i know more about judaism in the ussr than i do about like christianity um but the ussr was like totally fine with people practicing judaism and being and islam they were totally fine with islam as well because there were lots of like national minorities in the ussr that were uh, traditionally muslim um i don't think they were like might, that might have been as much me speculating and thinking through <laughs> some, some thoughts because you know to me it feels like there was uh, a difference in like how they might have responded because like judaism did not have the same connotations with um you know how people have um used it to colonize <laughs> yeah i mean they weren't big fans of Zion Zionists. I know that much uh, because of the colonization of uh, Palestine. Um, but that's, uh, that's all I know. That's, the, that's really all I know about that. No worries. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious if you want to touch on a little bit like some of the, the social justice work you do with like that, it feels like a manifestation of your of your Judaism. Yeah, so I do work with, um, okay, so Dono said that six countries of the USSR were Muslim majority. Uh, so the work I do, I do work with Jewish Voices for Peace. Again, I'm not here as a representative. <laughs> um, because I am... Um, I've been doing a lot of like anti-Zionist Jewish work for quite a while. Um, so I started doing this like probably 2016 is when I started doing it. Um, and I was like in a very, like I was in the Midwest. There weren't many Jews around to begin with. And then <laughs> if they were, they were definitely Zionists. So I started organizing with DSA and their caucus of uh, Jews and, um, but they were like New York based, 
but I still tried to do what I could like where I was located at um because it's just like so important to stand up for Palestine um as a Jew like to say like this isn't right um so I started doing stuff with them and then I uh well COVID happened (laughs) there wasn't much to do um and then um I moved to the east coast so now I'm with JVP and I'm doing work with my shul that has a Palestine uh solidarity committee um shul is synagogue uh it's a Yiddish word um so I've been doing that and just being around a community of, oh, I've been going to Zedek Chicago. Zedek Chicago is like um, an anti it's like the only self-proclaimed anti-Zionist synagogue uh, in the country. Um, and they have just been lovely. Um, so I get to practice my Judaism without Zionism, which is just really nice, but also with all these activists who are also anti-Zionist and Jewish. So um, like we're putting together like a solidarity Shabbat dinner for Palestine um, with other anti-Zionist Jews who are interested uh, in JVP. Um, And Shabbat is like the dinner that you have every Friday night. So doing things like that, um, I always show up whenever I can, whenever I'm asked to to Palestine solidarity actions, uh, when it's like Palestinian youth movement ask me, I'm going to be there. Um, I've uh, I've been asked to speak in front of House legislatures about these anti-BDS bills. because a Palestinian asked me, I said, yes, I'm going to be there. Um, It's just our duty as both a socialist and a Jew to do that. Oh, bye. (laughs) Thanks for coming. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm curious um, how, so, you know, part of the the theming of tonight uh, is specifically also thinking about where does this go in the future? What, how, you know, how do you think that religious movements and socialists can work together? How do you think that looks going into the future? Like, what do you think? Yeah, so I think the Philippines is a really good example of working with Catholics and um, with socialist groups on the ground because there, there are groups there that have really tied together, like, um, uh, socialism and Catholicism. And like, there's this group, um, they like basically say imperialism is like a beast of the apocalypse, which I just think is so cool. And like such a good way of like getting people in and like saying, oh yeah, this is crap. This isn't right. Um, so And like in the very far future, like Donal and I have talked about this. We were talking about this like a couple nights ago about religion and what it would look like in a world um, of if socialism had taken over the world, what would it look like? And I I thought like, well, some people might not be religious, but I think some people still will be just because of the traditions and the 
and the culture and all of that. And it sort of breaks my heart to think about like losing the language and the traditions, but knowing that, I don't know, it's still something that I'm still struggling with internally. Like it does sort of break my heart to think about losing some of these traditions. But some of these traditions are here to help us survive under capitalism, so. Right. Yeah, well, and I think, gosh, it's, it's such a broad topic, so I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> think where to even dive in on this one from? You know, I think, you know, like it's so, so distantly in the future too. Like, it's not like. This is like hundreds, maybe thousands of years from now. Right, well, and I think, I was going to say, what what does religion look like in the climate apocalypse? <laughs> um, that, that's a whole nother talk. Um, Do a whole series about it. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think um, you know, I I'm a slightly biased since finding the UU world. Um, though to be fair, um, I I've jumped around to a lot of different denominations. I grew up like evangelical. I grew up. Um, and then I like joined the reformed. I was Catholic for a little bit. I was Lutheran for a little bit. And, uh, my, my, um, my mom was like, what, like, what next? Like, are you going to become Jewish? Like, is that what's, what's next to you? So I've not, you know, it's not, it's not Pokemon. <laughs> I'm not playing collect them all. Um, I did not go become Jewish just for the sake of collecting another one. Um, but, um, you know, I, I've been in a lot of different religious movements. And one of the things that I really appreciate about the, the Unitarian Universalist Association is like, uh, I have um, friends and congregants that are Jewish, that I have some that are Buddhist. I have some that are um, at, at the very least raised Catholic, um, that people coming with all of these very different spiritual experiences but like motivated by connecting about justice, motivated mm -hmm. by connecting about um, community, connecting in community. And like, to me, that, that feels like um, an imperfect model, but like a model for how it's, it's not about that, you know, religion's going to be outlawed and banned. It's yeah. about that we're going to, um, learn how to coexist more lovingly with one another and not have religion used as this tool to be like, oh, you don't like those people over there. Remember, like, those are the bad people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that that's the part that would hopefully start dying sooner rather than later if there was a move from a capitalist world to a socialist world. Yeah. And like, the community aspect is something that I think everybody really, really wants. And that's why so many people turn to religion. And you can get that in socialism as well. But I understand that religion's a little easier to digest for folks. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's a little less scary, I guess, um, than uh, socialism can be for like someone who's new to everything. Right. But yeah, you know, I think that, I think that um, it, it seems a really natural fit for um, being able to teach solidarity for, for our fellow humans. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Because commun community is hard. And I think, you know, we see it in leftist movements uh, as much as we see it in religion. Uh, and I, I was uh, in my interactions with with folks of varying stripes of leftist. Um, I always said like, hey, you know, like, yeah, this seems bad, but like, let me tell you about what it's like to be religious. <laughs> even, <laughs> you even get three Jews in a room and you get nine opinions. <laughs> right? Right? You know, it's it's just as bad as the <laughs> as the the leftist infighting. And I think oh, yeah. <laughs> I, my my reasoning that I when I talked through it with some friends and and comrades was that you know it is it is much easier to be a fascist to be a conservative because you're just saying I like things as they are they work fine for me yeah um yeah. it is a lot harder to imagine a better world and to do that in a way that like is open to hearing other people's experiences and to do that in a way that maybe doesn't leave you in as privileged of a place as that you currently have. Yeah. Um, you know, these are all complicated things. To envision a better world is so much more complicated than to just sit down and fight to protect everything the way it is. Yeah, or just do nothing. Just sit there and do nothing and just let things collapse and people kill each other over nothing. Like, it's so easy to do that. It does take a lot of courage to actually go out, go out on the street or talk to someone and see what they're like, what issues that they have and what you can do to help fix them. Like it takes a lot of guts to do that. Um, I think, I don't even know why I didn't say this. Like one of our ruling, one of our like biggest like commandments or mitzvah that we have as Jews is Zedek Zedek Tirdaf, which means justice, justice, you shall pursue. Like I have it tattooed on me. <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't bring it up at the beginning, <laughs> but that's like the motivation for so many Jews. That's why there's so many Jewish lawyers is because we want justice we know we know what it's like being oppressed we know what it's like being scapegoated for centuries like we want justice for everybody no matter who you are i suppose as a as a wrap up before opening to see if anybody else has uh questions uh i would be curious if you wanted to recommend to folks some stuff to like learn a little bit more like if somebody is coming from a more religious perspective like i know for myself that's where i came from is that i was very religious moved away from being quite as religious and then was like "Ooh, socialism yeah. if is kind of interested in exploring some like really basic beginner text like obviously you mentioned that um it is you know the anniversary of the communist yeah it actually is i will say this i, I reread it not too long ago and it's actually a surprisingly like readable like digestible thing um, yeah. but is there anything that you'd recommend, like maybe even like videos to watch or like people to interact with online that would maybe give, uh, a good, like beginners place to start exploring what socialism and especially socialism and religion could look like. Mm. Um, well, there is a group, you can get this on foreign language press it's by Christians for national liberation. Um, it's, their response to, I think, to Vatican II. <laughs> I'm not, I am Vatican not a II was a thing. It was a thing that happened. Uh. <laughs> I'm not a Catholic. I might not, I might be screwing this up, but I recommend looking them up on Foreign Language Press. Uh, that book is 
pretty solid. That's the book that discusses how imperialism is like a beast of the apocalypse. Um, I always recommend to Americans reading Black Panther speak so they can understand what socialism look like or would look like in America um, and just how powerful the Black Panthers were. Um, they really like make their pieces very digestible and accessible for anybody to read because they were organizing working class people and the lump and proletariat, which is like people who are like homeless and are drug dealers and things like that. Um, um, that's one that I always recommend. Um, Cause that just seems the easiest. Um, I usually, <laughs> I'm sorry, Donald's thing is going crazy again. Um, I usually recommend like Reform or Revolution by Rosa Luxemburg, but I don't, I know sometimes the language is like sometimes inaccessible for people, but it is a good example of why like voting isn't really the best. Um, uh, Rosa is also just like, there's a lot of good like documentaries and stuff about, about Rosa. Yeah. So Red Rosa is a graphic novel about Rosa, which I highly recommend. Uh, she was also Jewish. Um, and she's like, super cool I really really love her like one of the things I did with the Jewish caucus and DSA is did a yard site for Rosa a yard site is a celebration of her death anniversary so I that's one example of doing Judaism and socialism um there's so many books <laughs> I've read a lot <laughs> um I think that's some some great starts. Black Panthers and Rosa are two that I've interacted with as well and that are very, um, yeah, uh, Reform, Socialism, and Barbarism also. But oh, yeah, that's a good one. Before we open for questions, any final closing thoughts? Um, I'm really happy everybody came. I'm sorry I just, like, ran, like, had major info dump at the beginning. <laughs> I really apologize for that. This is just something I love talking about, but um, thank you, Ember, for like getting me off the info dump train. <laughs> um, I am here to moderate. I am going to um, end the recording. So if you're watching us on YouTube later, thanks for joining us there.